Hello everyone and welcome back to the Millennial Disruptor. This is part two of our discussion where we cover savings and investments. In this episode, we continue our conversation with Masonwabe Chobonga. We look at the trending question on South African social media as of late as to whether you should buy Sassel shares or not. We take on an in-depth analysis of Sassel's performance over the last year. And I must say, things get heated up when we really get to rigorously discuss macroeconomic factors, industry factors, trade tensions between the US and China, as well as the Brent crude oil price drop and their effects on Sassel's share price. We also briefly highlight the various options one can use to start investing which is ETFs and how they work. We wrap things up by discussing rating agency Moody's announcement to downgrade South Africa's sovereign rating into junk status and what this means for the average consumer. Lastly, my guests and I share a bit on what factors we look at when choosing which sectors to invest in and why. I hope you enjoy the conversation. now move into savings and investments actually perfect timing because yeah we're about to delve into that topic um you might also remember there was a big hoo-ha on social media a couple of weeks ago when um this was before lockdown actually i remember sassel shares were trading at around 30 rand and the joke that was going around is that do you buy data um, do you buy a gig of data? Or do you buy shares? Oh, what do you buy shares? Dude, and it was like literally, it was such a hard decision. It was like, damn, I could be a shareholder right now. <laughs> but let's just clarify <laughs> for our viewers what actually was happening during that time. And Satchel shares actually, you know, with the whole um, oil price drop, the, the Brent's crude price drop dropped again, like. Uh, a week and a half ago and that also impacted Sassel shares as well and the big hoo-ha began yeah, like, oil dropped like 300 percent right now last time i checked 305 percent yeah it's so it's still in the negative ne? yeah it's still in the negative oh. but it's gonna bounce back um i'll be honest with you remember when we talked about um mm. value versus price yes yes um, yeah, so price is just what people are willing to pay for something. Mm. But value is actually what you receive from it, um, mm. how much you get out of it. And mm. right now, the market is just panicking mm. because right now, everything is at a slowdown. Mm. It's not dead. It's at mm. a slowdown. And these are futures prices. So I don't know if viewers are aware, but a futures contract is basically us coming to an agreement that in the future, let's say six months from now or a year from now or two years from now, you'll pay for my product at whatever amount that we agree on. So that's just a simplified description of what a futures contract is. So the prices right now are affecting the future contracts that are already in place in the market. People are panicking because they're selling their contracts and they're like, oh my gosh, I'm losing money, wada wada. But when the when the when the lockdown the shutdown is down is like is 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 over, business will continue. Business will grow again. Um, just that the way we do business will be a little bit different, but in essence, some products that bring value will always be valuable. Like gold will always be valuable to some degree. 
um, oil will always be valuable to some degree. Um, so when people are, when I'm looking at the price right now, I'm always thinking, is this market going to be valuable in five years? Because now there's electric cars coming out, there's more renewable energy coming out. But the big ship companies, the Chinese and or the Russians and the, or the people who own big container ships, they are the biggest uh, consumers of oil. Mm. So there'll always be like a baseline need. Mm. Um, I think that things are just adjusting, preparing for that thing. Um, but the value will always be there. So yeah. you just need to choose the right price. Yeah, you just need to choose the right price to go into. Because Sasol doesn't just make, you know, that oil. It, it, it makes things that go into everything, like petroleum, mm. petroleum jelly, petroleum uh, mm. in, 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 our, in our jerseys for nylon and such like that. Mm. There's so many other uses that Sasol goes into that that you always wonder to yourself, um, is, the, is the value of the company accurate right now? Yeah. So if you're going to... If you're gonna buy shares, mm. um, just just look at is it valuable at thirty rands per share, um, and you just need to assess whether you can be able to ride out the wave of the drop and the up because there's mm. always gonna be cycles. It's gonna go down and up. Just how long you're gonna hold on to the shares and, and things like that. Mm. Wow, that's amazing. That, is, that that's amazing. Um, and 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 that's true. Like when it comes to picking a share, that is that is. Of course, there's a fundamental analysis, and like you said, that you have to look at the future prospects of the company, how well it's going to do, and price is not always a good indication of the value. Um, yeah. For me, um, right now, like I agree, like it's it's all noise right now. Um, if I was a new shareholder, right, um, or if I'm buying a basket of shares, an ETF, for example, um, mm-hmm. and you know, a Sassel, you know, they're amongst, amongst that basket of shares, there's a Sassel share. Like right now, I don't know whether I would buy or not. And I would probably hold on until there's some type of markets, like market stability, economic stability. And like you said, like it's, it's all about pricing in at the right points as to when to kick in that buy signal. Um, so as a, as a new shareholder right now, a, I would, right out the markets and focus yeah. more on the fundamentals. Hold yeah. Hold on. Because I think that it's still going to get bad. You know, if you look at the health predictions in terms of the impacts of COVID-19, we right now we're, we're, we're still going at a very negative, you know, growth path and the real effects of, you know, the, the epidemic, um, is, is going to be felt in September where we have enough information about the number of people that have been effect, infected, died, etc. And that's when things might actually begin to climb back up to a normal, you know, phase. Um, but I would still, I would still like give it some time. So like, would you, I, yeah. What would you do? Uh, personally, I also like you. I would hold on because right now it's not as bad as people. Like it's not the worst. Mm. These all I I personally I'm not gonna say the words because I think like words have power. Yeah. But there's definitely a possibility that things can get not not that good. Um. Mm. So I think like you said, timing is very important. Um. Something though that a lot of people need to be aware of is also when it comes to 
investing, mm. always buy low so that you can sell high. So if you if you like if you're trying to get shares for long term, um, and you have the capital for it, because to hold onto shares also costs you money. Yeah. Um, if it drops to a certain percentage and you lose all your money, meaning that your holdings go down, yeah. Then unfortunately, yeah, you're in a tough situation. But if you're trying to make money in the short term, I'd suggest that you wait. Don't put money into shares. Um, and then when the right time will come, I, I personally, this is not a prediction, so nobody called me on this. <laughs> I think the day that a vaccine or some sort of treatment is announced and shows and shows that it works uh, in countries like France and don't because France, like this morning, I saw that it eased up on its restrictions. Um, and Spain also eased up on its restrictions. And Spain has a lot of dead people, unfortunately. Um, so countries are opening up the economies because they don't want to stop. They, they legit cannot stop. Um, mm. So when a vaccine or some treatment is, is, is shown to be doing something, I think that's where we're gonna we're gonna see a lot of prices of, of, of shares be okay because companies right now are still shutting down. Mm. Uh, remember two thousand eight, the housing crisis thing. Yes. Yeah, so like when that thing happened, um, the problem that most people, they underestimated it. They thought it's just six months or eight months, and it turned out to be an, a two-year, three-year pro- process. Sure. And that's the problem, because we don't know the end of this pit. We don't know where the bottom is. And until we know the bottom is, we're going to be stuck um, in a system where we don't know where to put our money. Yeah. So just be safe and sorry. Uh rather put something stable for now until you see an upshift because like i said things are gonna stabilize mm. things are gonna be okay but mm. we just need to the timing of it timing just has to be very important yeah that's absolutely true um i just want to just briefly um kind of solidify as to why from my side, I would not buy a shareholder. I think it's very important that people also understand that when you come to investing with shares, it's a long-term game. You know, it's for long-term capital yeah. growth, like you said. Um, obviously, the sooner you start, like for us, we're very young, the better you will feel the compound interest effects coming in and etc. Um, but you've got to, it's, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme. You've got to do your fundamental analysis, and that is essentially your, your, your research on the company. You have to be keeping up with what the market is doing, um, JSE announcements, any um, interim announcements that the company might have during this time. Um, you also got to keep an eye out on what's happening in the industry. So quickly, um, for Sassel, number one, I've, I've identified like two macroeconomic factors. Um, that that have impacted the the company, and that has obviously been COVID nineteen pandemic, as well as the dramatic price oil drop, resulting in the Sassel um, price drop. So um, around this is March this year, Sassel had predicted that the price of oil to be fifty dollars to seventy dollars. Hence, the company at the time didn't enter into hedging positions to protect against the oil drop. So in essence, these two factors were not priced in by the market. And we obviously didn't expect the huge, you know, share price drop. Another thing that's been happening in Sasol. Sorry, did you want to say something? No, 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 no. I'm listening. 
Okay, cool. Another thing, um, last year, early 2019, um, Sasol also entered into a multi-billion dollar project to build a chemical facility in the U.S. Um, this was called the Lake Charles Project. Um, the project was intended to diversify earnings of Sasol to move from energy and into chemicals. So the reason behind, what, uh, behind that move was that chemical prices are not as volatile as they are for crude oil. And furthermore, yes. it was thought that this project at the time would generate positive cash flows um, for the company. Now, the project at the beginning of the, of the, pro, uh, of the project um, was estimated to cost around $8.9 billion, but now it's escalated the cost to $13 billion. Now, if you add to that delays, cost overruns, mechanical failures, and also early this year there was an explosion at the facility, it doesn't really paint such a good picture. Um, I know it's looking all gloomy right now, but I always think about what's the worst that could happen. Um, so yeah. right now things are not looking pretty good. And also the chemical, fa- the chemical sector has been riddled with two main structural shifts. The increased supply of commodity chemicals due to the startup of Chinese chemical complexes and the downturn yeah. in demand as a result of the trade tensions that have been happening between US and China. Um, also the impact of the virus, um, add, adding to that, it just, you know, makes things kind of worse. Um, we obviously did not expect for the impact of the virus to be so long, but it's estimated that it may, it, it, it may, it may, it may prolong the period of this project longer than two years. Another thing, if you look at the balance sheets, um, of, of, of Sassel, since the Brent's crude oil drop, management has announced that asset disposal is in place. However, if one looks at the environment that we are on, you, um, there's a slight possibility that the sheer desperation in timing to conclude the sale of the asset disposal, um, the assets are more likely to be sold far below their, their fair value. Yeah. And also hedging, which is also a very important um, thing to use in investments, is that management proposed entering a hedging strategy to manage liquidity, specifically with regards to the price of Brent's crude oil. However, Sassel mentioned that the benefits would only be felt at a price of $25. So there's your indication. <laughs> Furthermore, I, can, I, can I say something? Sure, no problem. Um, something, something that I, 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 I think a lot of people like, like in the economy now, I'm talking about the players at Sasol. Yeah. Um, they, they love actually the entire, like petroleum industry. They love doing this thing where they throw the dollar percentage of $25 barrel, right? Oh, um, no, what, whatever thing. Yes. But when you look at the Saudi Arabians, yeah, the Saudi Arabians, they can sell it at $10. Mm. and make a profit because they've got so much so, so yeah you were saying um what they'd like to do oh yeah yeah the problem is that they love to outprice themselves mm. because they can't compete with the arabians the arabians yeah. can sell at ten dollars as the same with the russians the americans once the, it goes below twenty dollars a piece they're running at a loss because wow. they can only go to twenty three dollars that's the lowest they can go 
Mm-hmm. Anything below that, they lose they lose so much money, it's ridiculous. And mm-hmm. that's why we're having the stalemate where companies are basically bullying the Americans. They, that's why there's so much an influx. Oil dropped because what they're doing is and this is just this is just something I've noticed is that they love because of the sanctions that happened uh, against China. Russia is close to China. So when the oil industry and the Arabians and the Chinese came together, they were like, you know what? We tattered these American people because last year there was, a, there was another refinery that, that the Americans started and they were pumping out so much oil that they were trying to compete with them. So what they're, now what they're doing is everyone is outpricing the other by running at a loss and saying, we've got more money to manage the short-term losses. You mm. guys are going to run bankrupt. And they're basically outpricing them by squeezing them out. And it's just funny a little bit to watch how childish they are because there's no reason to keep making oil when there's such an influx of supply and such a lower demand. Yeah. It's basically economics 101. <laughs> like, stop making oil. Yeah. They're like, no, we don't like them. So so it's just it's just a little bit um, interesting <laughs> to watch this play out on a big screen. And unfortunately... Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Sasol is more uh, associated with the Russians. So they might be right now positioning themselves to walk out of America because of that fighting that's going on. Mm. So they're also willing to take the short-term losses in America right now okay. so that they can hedge themselves and position themselves with the other big boys in Russia and China wow. um, uh, and Saudi Arabia. So, hey, bro, global economic poli- like uh, politics is hilarious it's <laughs> sad <laughs> wow oh my gosh you just brought out something that i didn't i wasn't aware of i mean i just got back into the whole market analysis this this whole the, like this year only so i wouldn't know like what's been going on and can you imagine a person who doesn't know these dynamics that is going on is probably thinking oh yeah bye bye so yeah, that's why so that's much. why the price of oil like went terrible because there was such an oversupply. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, so they were like, "Dude, like, just stop making oil." Yeah. The price of oil is going so low now that it's lower. It's like thirty-five percent uh, lower than than the market price was. Then it's them running at a profit. Mm. So what they're doing is they're trying to go below that twenty-three, go to twenty dollars per barrel. Okay. Like I said, the Arabians. Can produce at ten ten dollars. Wow! You can produce at ten dollars in the show. Wow! So the Americans legit cannot compete. And the day that Trump, I'm not going to say Trump, actually America, American companies can be able to come back to the table without ego, and come to a terms of agreement because they 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 all we all need each other. Mm. I think that's one thing that one COVID nineteen has has taught us as a people is that we all need each other. We need to be very supportive of each other. And mm-hmm. even when it comes to business, we need to look out for each other because we might be different countries competing, but we're all one human race. Mm, that's true. Um, okay, cool. So let's bring things home a bit now. Um, so a colleague of mine at work asked me, um, Siwe, I have like 500 rands can I buy shares? Um, <laughs> it's, it's very important, guys. It's very important to, to make sure that we all have access. Um, yes. Why are you laughing? But I'll ask, but 
Yes. I wonder why you're laughing, but we'll get there. It's fine. <laughs> so my answer is yes. But now, um, I would say right now as a shareholder, so if you had to buy shares on your own through the JSE, which is very much possible, you can do that. Yeah. But it's not worth it due to the average brokerage fees being around 10%. Um, so if you had to come in with your 500 rand, give it to a broker, Maniga, you will not feel the effects, unfortunately. But This is exactly what I was laughing. <laughs> it, it, technically, yes, you can buy shares, technically. Right. But would you want to? <laughs> like right now. Yes. Mm, not so much. Exactly. So realistically speaking, you would need to have like a good 5,000 Rand to actually realize returns that will make your investment worthwhile. And I'd like to credit um, a website called sashares.co.za for this information that that I got from there. You guys can also visit it and read for yourself like the different steps of how to open uh, an, uh, an investment, uh, a, share, a share account with your broker. So most of us, realistically speaking, don't have that 5,000 5, rands. Um, the, 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 the 500 rand part is where my focus lies. So, and this is the part where I'm going to introduce ETFs. So an ETF, it's an acronym for an exchange traded fund. An ETF is a listed instrument that tracks or it mimics the performance of an index that consists of a basket of shares or bonds. So for example, if you look at the the JSE Top 40 Index, um, you might want to buy an ETF that tracks or mimics the returns of that investment. Um, A nice example that I really like is the core shares. Okay, I thought you were not there for a second. there's there, there's an ETF called <laughs> the Core Shares Top 50 in South Africa. Now, this is a basket of shares comprising of the top 50 property shares listed on the JSE. Now, whatever returns um, the index yields will reflect in the performance of this particular ETF. Right. Um, so I would say with an ETF, right, um, the nice thing about an ETF is that you're investing in a basket of shares. So if you had to look at um, that specific that specific ETF that invests in the property sector, it would be all the top 50 best performing shares in South Africa right yeah. now, right? Um, so you would take some from... So that ETF would probably comprise of shares from Pam Golding, um what what other real estate yes remax etc i don't know why i just hit a blank but all those top 50 companies and and the nice thing about about etfs is that um obviously the returns are usually above inflation um the costs also are much yes the costs are also um much much cheaper um yeah is there anything you want to add no, I was thinking that um, my personal opinion on ETFs is it's a more viable option um, mm. for especially a starter investor. Yeah. If if you have money in the bank and you want to go into shares, mm. the, the, as I said, to hold shares costs money. So 
if you're gonna hold individual shares, all those costs will add up. They'll they'll chow you in the long run. Yeah. Um, but if you have something like an ETF, which yes. is basically hedging you because you're not in one specific share, mm-hmm. but you're in an industry of shares. So every ETF has a profile or a portfolio of different shares that is involved in them. So you know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. So when you invest into an ETF, um, then you can be able to protect yourself from one company doing bad, but the overall industry doing well. Yeah. Which is why, like you said, uh, research is very important. You need to understand where you're putting your money. You need to be you need to be very savvy when you where where your money is actually. Um, Absolutely. But otherwise, I think that's that's a great great option. Um, mm. I I'd even because I I put ten. 10k 10k is the best is the best one uh because the percentage uh, returns on etfs uh for anything on 10k and above um can be able to create at least uh, uh 1500 quarter wow um so so you can be able to hedge yourself in such a way that you reinvest back into the etfs so the profits that you're making uh, have multiple profiles you can be in commodities, but you can also be in bonds. Yes. Uh, when you're in bonds, you can also be in equity shares. Um, yes. So you can go into different asset classes so that you have money that's safe long-term, money that you can risk with. So you can be just... Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I also like doing is um, investing in defensive stocks. You know, um, tech, yeah. tech stocks, your commodities are always doing well. Uh, even hold some foreign exchange is also very good. For example, we know, um, yeah, offshore investments are always really good because de- developing countries' economies are very are quite stable, more than ours. Um, but tech is a good health stock to to. It's a good stock to have as well as healthcare stocks as well as food. Cause like, just think about it. The reason why I'm saying this is because. We'll always demand, you know, to be connected, whether we're going through a crisis, someone somewhere in China or US is going to have to pick up a, a, a call via WhatsApp or use the internet. So wherever you are in the world, you're always going to need to stay connected. Then also healthcare is quite a good stock. Um, unfortunately, yeah. people are always gonna, you know, need healthcare services. Um, food is always a, we're always gonna Especially eat. Yes. Yeah, a lot of companies like Discovery are gonna be improving things that yes. offer healthcare. Yes. Watch. Legit, watch how insurance companies are going to benefit. People are going to come out yeah. and be like, yo, I need some life insurance, man. I need, yeah. I need to be safe. I need health care. Yes. Because that's another thing that people need to be aware of. The way we run business and the way we look at life itself Ooh. is different now. Absolutely. now we've experienced, basically experienced a pandemic. So yeah. people want to protect their families. They want to protect their salaries and their Ooh. income. We used to get so irritated when that low learned on bundle, low no mamaki, do do this man do when that advert would come on. Like we used to hate that advert. They now, are raking it right now. Dude, yeah, 
they're getting so much money and more money is going to come to them because the way that consumers handle fear yeah. is they want to protect themselves yeah. it's human nature mm. so if you're going to hold go into uh, ETFs and some some of the ETFs have holdings into healthcare products and things like that mm. yeah definitely I, i'd suggest i think that's a, that's a good way to look at it yes okay just before we wrap up and stuff, um, one last question about investments and savings and what's been happening around um, economic news and what might affect um, your investments and your savings, etc. is we just heard about a week ago that Moody's downgraded um, SA into junk status. Um, do you want to, I'll hand this question over to you. I feel like I've been take, talking so long. I'm talking too much, actually. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll chip in wherever. Do you want us? Do you want to give us what 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 this means for our consumers? What this means for the country? Just a brief, um, yeah, okay. impact. Um, okay. Now, the Moody's. We need to understand that Moody's is basically a rating agency, right? So when they give their opinion on what where a com- where a country or a company stands. It, that's all it is. It's an opinion. Mm. It's not saying that. It's not saying that we are trash. It's saying that looking at the overall economy of South Africa, we think this is where they rate compared to somewhere else. Okay. So, as I said, it's price versus value. Mm. This is this is their pricing of us. They're saying mm. this is the price of South African economy. Mm. The effects of that. Because there are effects, uh, even though it's a person's opinion, it's a very respectable opinion in economics because Moody's rates everything. So when they say it's a junk status, people from outside South Africa, foreign investors, foreign companies, people who have holdings outside, they don't know what's going on inside our own house. So they ask someone who's been there and they're like, hey, Moody's, how's South Africa performing? And Moody's is like, no, it sucks over there, bro. Don't mm. go there. So it has an effect on foreign foreign investment into us yeah. right but something again like i said you have to note is that moody's is an american company that rates and right now american rating agencies um went through a period whereby they weren't respected because um even even during the housing crisis in 08 they found out that some people can buy um rating agencies you can actually oh, buy their opinion yes so, yeah, so it's always a little bit, ever since then, people have taken it with a pinch of salt, saying mm. that we hear you, but it's not necessarily, you know, up to us. Because I think on average, the GDP of South Africa is like $101 billion, somewhere around there. It's around $100 billion. Mm. Um, No, 300 sorry, it's $300 billion. Okay. Our exports, our exports are $100 billion. Our imports are around $82 billion. Right, so we sell more than we, we buy, mm-hmm. basically. Um, but most of our partners that we sell to are not American. America contributes probably like seven point nine percent, if I'm not mistaken, around there. It's lower than ten percent. Mm. Most of our partners are in the east, so we sell more to China, to Russia, to Australia, to um, uh, Saudi Arabia. Mm. So. Most of our partners that we have are part of the BRICS nation. So that's Brazil, Russia, India, China, you know, those people. Uh, yeah. Because that's where we trade with the most. So our foreign investments are going to take a knocking 
from people like France, England, uh, America, but the other holdings are relatively safe. So I would say that, yeah, do take it seriously because when you get put in a junk status, it's a very negative rating. Um, but as how it affects us as a people, it's minimal. The average working person in South Africa, minimal implication. Mm. Um, it's just that the prices, obviously, it affects our inflation. Once it starts affecting our inflation and our rate of living, of purchasing power overseas, that's why the dollar has gone so... The dollar's gotten high compared to the rand. Mm. And you're like, but the economy is sucking America. How is yeah. it possible that they're, you know, they're still there? It's because of those things, those factors. They mm. have a lot of pulling power. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think that's it. It's, it's something we should be aware of and try to improve. But yes. we don't have much power over it. Um, the culture of trading in, in South Africa is, 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 is different than any other place. Mm. But it's better than a lot of places in Africa. Oh. We're, still, we're still like the second growing, fastest growing economy in Africa. Sure. All right. But I feel like we should be like rushing for number one now. We should be like giving Nigeria a run for its money. Yeah. We've been. We've been at number two. Like what's happening? Yeah. We need to pull our socks up. Mm. And I think it's just that people need to get more economically active. The day that the average South African actually has a saving and investment account, mm. that's the day that we can see a larger injection of money, a larger portion being invested, projects starting, and well, it's going to stimulate mm. people to get started. I don't know Absolutely. why I love the word stimulate. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's... It tickles people, like, get started. Okay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I get you. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, healthcare services. Um, food is always... A, we're always going to eat... Yes. Yeah. A lot of companies like Discovery are going to be improving. Things that yes. offer healthcare. Yes. Watch, legit, watch how insurance companies are going to benefit. People are going to come out yeah. and be like, yo, I need some life insurance, man. I need, yeah. I need to be safe. I need healthcare. Yes. Because... Thing that people need to be aware of the way we run business and the way we look at life itself Ooh. is different now absolutely now we've experienced basically experienced a pandemic so yeah. people want to protect their families they want to protect their salaries and their Ooh. income we used to get so irritated when that when that come on like we used to hate that advert they are raking it right now Dude, they're getting so much money and more money is going to come to them because the way that consumers handle fear yeah. is they want to protect themselves. Yeah. It's human nature. Mm. So if you're going to hold, go into uh, ETFs and some, some of the ETFs have holdings into healthcare products and things like that, mm. yeah, definitely. I, I'd suggest that. I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it. Yes. Okay. Just before we wrap up and stuff, um, one last question about investments and savings and what's been happening around um, economic news and what might affect um, your investments and your savings, etc. is we just heard about a week ago that Moody's downgraded um, SA into junk status. Um, do you want to, I'll hand this question over to you. I feel like I've been take, talking so long. I'm talking too no, much, no, actually. No. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'll chip in wherever. 
do you want us do you want to give us what 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 this means for our consumers what this means for the country just a brief um yeah okay. impact um okay now the moody's we need to understand that moody's is basically a rating agency right so when they give the opinion on what where a com- where a country or a company stands it, that's all it is it's an opinion mm. it's not saying that it's not saying that we are trash it's saying that looking at the overall economy of south africa we think this is where they rate compared to somewhere else okay so as i said it's price versus value mm. this is this is their pricing of us they're saying mm. this is the price of south african economy mm. the effects of that because there are effects uh, even though it's a person's opinion it's a very respectable opinion in economics because moody's rates everything so when they say it's a junk status people from outside south africa foreign investors foreign companies people who have holdings outside they don't know what's going on inside our own house so they ask someone who's been there and they're like hey moody's how south africa performing and moody's is like not sucks over there bro don't mm. go there so it has an effect on foreign foreign investment into us yeah. right but something again like i said you have to note is that moody's is an american company that rates and right now american rating agencies um went through a period whereby they weren't respected because um even even during the housing crisis in 08 they found out that some people can buy um rating agencies you can actually oh, buy them yes so yeah so it's always a little bit ever since then people have taken it with a pinch of salt saying mm. that we hear you but it's not necessarily you know up to us because i think on average the gdp of south africa is like 101 billion dollars somewhere around there it's around 100 billion mm. um no 300 sorry it's 300 billion okay our exports our exports are 100 billion our imports are around 82 billion right so we sell more than we we buy mm-hmm. basically um but most of our partners that we sell to are not american america contributes probably like 7.9% from not mistaken around there it's lower than 10% mm. most of our partners are in the east so we sell more to china to russia to australia to um uh, saudi arabia mm. so most of our partners that we have are part of the brics nation so that's brazil russia india china you know those people uh yeah. because that's where we trade with the most so our foreign investments are going to take a knocking from people like france england uh america but the other holdings are relatively safe so i'd say that yeah do take it seriously because when you get put in a junk status it's a very negative rating um but as how it affects us as a people it's minimal the average working person in south africa minimal implication mm. um it's just that the prices obviously it affects our inflation once it starts affecting our inflation and our rate of living of purchasing power overseas that's why the dollar has gone so the dollar's gotten high compared to the rand Mm. and you like but the economy is sucking america how is yeah. it possible that they're you know they're still there it's because of those things those factors they mm. have a lot of pulling power um mm. so yeah i think that's it it's it's something we should be aware of and try to improve but yes. we don't have much power over it 
um, the culture of trading in, in South Africa is, 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 is different than any other place. Mm. But it's better than a lot of places in Africa. Oh. We're, still, we're still like the second growing, fastest growing economy in Africa. Sure. All right. But I feel like we should be like rushing for number one now. We should be like giving Nigeria a run for its money. Yeah. We've been. We've been at number two. Like what's happening? Yeah. We need to pull our socks up. Mm. And I think it's just that people need to get more economically active. The day that the average South African actually has a saving and investment account, mm. that's the day that we can see a larger injection of money, a larger portion being invested, projects starting, and well, it's going to stimulate mm. people to get started. I don't know Absolutely. why I love the word stimulate. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it tickles people, like, get started. Okay. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, uh, one, I always put money into something I understand. So yes. I always like to do research uh, into where I'm putting my money into. Um, like I said, I have a fear of um, not having what I have. So I like to know as much as I. You can't know everything, obviously, mm. but you can. You can only protect yourself with as much things as you know. Yeah. Uh, second. I only I like to put money into things I use. Like I don't know why, but I feel like if I'm if I'm using it, probably someone else is using it. You know, so <laughs> if it has value in my life, I I like to put my money into it. Um, I've got a little bit of uh, shares. What this camel something is this camel something? Mm. But um, one of those um, one of my ETFs has that. Um, and obviously the third thing is I like to hedge. Like I like to think most people like to ride the wave of if something good is happening, they think it'll always happen. Mm. Just like the way that when something is bad happening, they think it'll always happen. I just like to think of both. I think both things are possible. It just depends on timing. So I like to hedge my, my bets. Um, if I'm going into, I'm going to go into something risky. I like to also put a portion of my money into something safe. Yeah. Um, which is, which is why, uh, Oh, Fugasaka Capital. Actually, the, the Fugasaka Capital holds, has holdings into um, um, something risky, like uh, YouTube, uh, the YouTube channel that I have, also into things that I'm doing, the, the consultations. It's very client-dependent. Mm-hmm. So this month, I might have a client. Next month, I might not, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit risky. But I also have, it also has holdings into a farming industry. So we're doing a little bit of agriculture where we produce spinach and um, and um, and peas, so and cabbages. So that one is more long term. It's slower returns, but it's stable. You know, diversified into things of one is safe, one is risky, so that I can be able to protect myself when the risky things um, aren't making me money. So if I'm not getting a client uh, this month on uh, like I don't know for whatever reason. Um, God forbid, but mm. <laughs> if I'm not having a client, then at least I'm able to have some returns uh, at month end to be able to pay my bills, to uh, uh, put into my savings and land accounts. I like to reinvest everything that I make. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think that's about it. Amazing, amazing. Um, for the interest of time, I'll be sharing my investment philosophy maybe on one of my socials. Um... <laughs> yeah, please. 
actually want to know yours as well. <laughs> yeah, sure. Let me just give you a brief um, thing about it. Like, like I said um, earlier, that defensive stocks, you know, um, if one share is performing really badly, you're able to hedge against those um, risks and losses um, mm. by investing in another share that might be doing very well. So as you may or may not know, um, we operate in an economy that is, you you got to know like where we are at an economy. Are we at a trough or are we at a peak, you know, and basically play, play that game. Um, another stock I like to hold is property is always a, an appreciating asset. I like investing in, 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 in property. There's quite stable returns there. Um, agriculture as, as, as well, but of of late interest, I love investing in fintech stocks. Like I love tech stocks and I love fintech. Um, there's a lot of innovation that's happening in that in that area. Um, I also like investing in, like I said, stable economies, stable um foreign exchange assets, um things I understand as well. Um, for example, another thing I like doing is I, I look out for dividend yielding stocks. And and like you said, that when you invest, it all depends on what sort of, um, what's your risk appetite like, right? Um, I'd like to think I'm, I'm quite conservative, but I can be quite um, aggressive as well. So that's why I tend to, I tend to, you know, take on the tech stocks, like you said, YouTube, etc. Um... I think Tesla is also another interesting company to to invest in, but your share price is probably really that high. Um, yes, right now it's 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 quite steep, Jim. And I also like I like investing in dividend yielding stocks um, and 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 value investing. That's that's quite a philosophy that even your Warren Buffett's um, actually. Um, adopt um, and that's just based on the fact that I would I would like I like earning passive income so maybe every quarter even if it's not a quarter but annually I would like some returns to be able to enjoy some returns um, on, on, on my investments so yeah it's always based on like my liquidity needs as well so I like to spoil myself at the end of the year and maybe go on a holiday and you know, it's nice to see some returns paying off then. I don't think I'm missing sure. anything else. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's just who I am, though. Um, yeah. I think I covered most of the things. I, I, pers- I personally think, like, you should enjoy money. Otherwise, it's not mm. worth it. Like, if, if, you, if you don't give yourself that breathing space yeah. um, to at least once or twice a year, enjoy mm. yourself. It's very important. Um, it's just that per person is different. Um, like you, like you, like traveling. I, I'm a person. I like, yeah. I like adrenaline things. So I like things that get my heart pumping. Yeah. So it could be racing. It could be uh, riding a quad bike in the mountains. Yeah. I love doing activities as a reward to myself with my friends. Mm. Um, we'll go hiking and then have a great day eating out. Mm. Give myself that breathing space of enjoying the work that I was doing throughout the year. So. I think for everybody listening, they should mm. also get into that. Don't end up being a, sh- a, a, a hermit with your money. You know, <laughs> it's like you're, not en- like you're not enjoying your hard work and your sweat. Um, yes. Just be disciplined in knowing when to work and when not to work. Absolutely. 